Uh, we are looking at Strangers on a Train. We have Frogman. He sang Strangers on a Train just a second ago. That was so lovely. I don't know how we let you talk us into this, Chris. It's really fucking hot out here. Yeah. It's I just love the frogs. I love the excitement. Uh, I see a lot of garbage, but I'm sure that there's going to be one of the frog people to clean it up. So here we go. I'm not going to lie. There is more trash in here than frogs. Uh, but we are going to hop along and uh, get into Strangers on a Train. Tyler, why don't you tell, tell us about the game before I burn to death out here. Let's get this going. Can you give me a nice, like, froggy segue to get into it, though? I am not good with the puns like Chris is, apparently. I don't know. You want me to hop around for it? I can't do it. <laughs> let's let's stick it. with hopping. The following may contain harsh language, poorly communicated ideas, and does not reflect the opinions of iHeartRadio. So yes, again, we are live at Frogland, and um, it is hot. I'm actually getting is quite frustrated with the amount of Is he going to do that every five minutes? Yeah. I would love like, to is that frog just, thing going to come around every five minutes and sing? Okay. Suddenly the frogs don't seem like the worst thing about being here at Frogland. Parade going. So I want to get the fuck out of here, quite frankly. My tolerance is getting thin. Uh, this, the is great, this is a great climate to be talking and you know, debating talk. a film in. Yeah. I would rather be kicked I'm off the carousel. All right, Sean, just, right okay, okay. Tell us what's going on. I, like, you have to direct things. Like, well, so I mean, Tyler's going to tell us, Tyler's going to tell us about how the game's played first, and then I'm going to tell you about the film. Right, you guys ready for some rules? Wait, wait, one second. Fucking hurry up, Tyler, goddammit. All right. All right, here we go. Right, one second, one second, one second. Sean, did you drink one of those frog juices they were giving out? No, I had you? one, and I'm sweating, man. I thought yeah. those were for the frogs. Oh, frog juice. Why would they give it to me then? <laughs> you have to take that out of the frog room. One of those punk kid Chris, you'll do anything. Teenagers. Why do you think they gave it to you? You're an easy mark. I'm not feeling so hot. Who, who may have just well, lost I, Chris? I think yeah, Tyler out. is kicked uh, <laughs> out. Chris is, is definitely passed out. So Tyler, why don't you uh, explain the rules of the game before? I, oh no, he's coming back. Right, no, he's, oh, and uh, he's coming I think back it's a little too late. He's gonna slowly yeah. struggle to reattach his headpiece. You feeling about? You feeling all right? <laughs> you know, you could have done that when you were away from us. Yeah, thanks for coming back to share that. You really, you should just go back there. You're drinking more <laughs> and making it worse. <laughs> Maybe let's take the frog juice away from Chris <sighs> yeah. for the rest of the I just need some more booze to if I have to be the one to tell you that, down. If I have to be the one to tell you that they clearly laced that with some type of LSD or some type of substance, mm. then like I don't know what to say. I want to take off all my clothes. I'm at Frogland! I'm at Frogland! Alright everybody! Woo! Okay. I, I just think quick we might have to reschedule this. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Maybe we should talk about the film another day, Chris. You don't seem ready or up to. Ah, now here's my idea. I'm afraid I haven't got time to listen to Listen, it's so simple, too. Two fellows meet accidentally, like you and me. No connection between them at all. Never saw each other before. Each one has somebody that he'd like to get rid of. So, they swap murders. Swap murders. <laughs> Each fellow does the other fellow's murder. Then there's nothing to connect them. Each one has murdered a total stranger. Like, you do my murder. I do yours. 
Well, Chris pulls himself out of the swamp water. I'll tell us about the rules. <laughs> Having each picked their top three films, we're now discussing one of them a week to determine Alfred Hitchcock's top nine films ranked in order. We'll then award points based on the final standings. One point for first place, two points for second place, three points for third, so on and so on. Whoever's three films end up with the lowest score will be crowned the winner of this series. So that means when determining where a film ranks, it's up to the person whose pick it is to back up their choice, while the rest of us may want to highlight the film's maybe several flaws. Take it easy, guy. I'm your friend, remember? I like you. I, I'd do anything for you. Sure. We'll be pulling in sooner. I've got to change trains. After a chance meeting on a train, champion tennis player Guy, played by Farley Granger, is approached by Bruno, played by Robert Walker, who introduces himself as a huge fan of Guy's. In fact, he seems to know all about Guy's personal life and proposes a friendly arrangement for an exchange in killings. Bruno will get rid of Guy's bitchy wife, who refuses to divorce him, if Guy, in turn, will murder Bruno's overly strict father. Guy rejects the insane proposal, but Bruno proceeds with his part of the plan anyway, strangling Guy's wife to death in an amusement park. When police question Guy, he is unable to provide a credible alibi. One of those frog guys are coming by. I want to find out what was in that trip. Hey! He's like, looking where it at me. I don't, I, 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 I. You know what? Just don't come, down, come here. Chris, take don't a breath. come here because. Don't come to Frog Man. That was clear from the moment we stepped here. I'm starting to think that Frog Lady was a mistake. Okay. Sorry, Sean. Uh, uh, you want me to continue? Just, just breathe and we'll keep going, okay? I don't know what was in that frog juice, but it was pretty good. I'm just going to have some more frog juice. So when police question Guy, he is uh, unable to provide a credible alibi. And soon after, soon after, <sighs> soon after Bruno demands that Guy carry out his end of the so-called mm. bargain. <laughs> Feels good. Guy, guy will still not acquiesce. So Bruno compromises Guy by placing the tennis player's lighter at the scene of his wife's murder. Guy must then race against time to complete an important tennis match and catch up with Bruno before he can carry out his threat. At the end of the film, Bruno is crushed to death by a runaway carousel, and Guy is cleared of all charges once the police discover evidence that Bruno was the killer all along. You know, I'm not sure how I feel about Sean just, like, spoiling the movie all the time. Why don't you just, like, leave it on a bit of a... so, like, people could maybe watch it? Sean, this was your second round pick, right? Just to clarify? Yeah. I, don't, I mean, I think that the best thing about this film is hand down Robert Walker's performance. I mean, Bruno is an amazing villain. Right. Who, I think he's... Okay. Okay, Robert Walker plays Bruno. I, yeah, I mentioned that on my synopsis. Okay. <clears throat> For those of us who weren't paying attention to Sean, Robert Walker plays Bruno. He's the bad guy. And then you have Farley Granger. He's kind of the good guy. I tell you, I, I get so sore at him sometimes. I, I, I want to kill him. I don't think you know what you... Well, I want to do something. They have this thing called um, pocket pool, and uh, I would make a lot of money. <laughs> Corner pocket, no problem. Uh, so before sure <laughs> before does. Strangers on a Train, before Strangers on a Train, Hitchcock had had a couple of actual failures. He had done Under Capricorn and Stage Fright, and they were like probably his two biggest American failures, at least specifically to date okay. and probably of all time. Can I say one thing? Under Capricorn, yep. that sucked. Stage Fright, it's freaking awesome. Hitch has actually told a lot of people on set while he was making this film that he, for whatever reason, I'm not entirely sure, he considered this to be his first true American film. And the entire decade that preceded it, he just used as practice. And this was like one of the first films he did in the 50s. That's certainly the first successful one. And so in terms of why I selected this film, uh, I think there's a few things. I think for one thing, it features one of Hitch's best villains of all time, if not the best. 
Uh, Robert Walker's performance as Bruno in the film is uh, probably the best villain. Well, it's for sure the best villain we've seen so far in the films that we've done to this point. So in this performance by Robert Walker, I think he's like a combination of Uncle Charlie from uh, Shadows of a Doubt and like Claude Rain's character, Sebastian. He's equally as threatening and intimidating as Cotton is in that role, but he's also humorous and a huge mama, mama's boy like Sebastian is in Notorious. At the end of the day, um, this is Bruno's film more than it is anyone else's. And I think it's because of his performance that we're gonna really, like this movie stands out and hitches canon because it's, it's just a really well done role. Uh, in terms of other things the, the film features, I think it has one of Hitch's most memorable shots and or one of his most memorable single shots in that scene where a uh, guy is looking out across at the audience watching a tennis match and they're all bouncing back and forth with a tennis ball, but only oh, Bruno that's, staring that's straight under, at him directly on. That's amazing. I, I, was, I, I would also consider that in the top 10 uh, Hitchcock uh, moments, if you will, like the, you know, yeah, the top 10. Shot yeah, just like that's... You know, it's just like class, you know what, it just also speaks of Hitchcock's just silent filmmaking. You know what I mean? Like yeah. his abilities, his growing up, so he would have to learn these little tricks. Anyway, sorry, uh, Sean. What's taking so long, yeah. Sean? Friggin'. Yeah, oh, I have man. no fucking idea. So it also, I think, features the most sus suspenseful sequence that we've seen so far in the films that we've watched. I think taken in its totality, the final act of this film, everything oh. uh, from the tennis match to the lost lighter to the runaway carousel it, it's like firing on all cylinders at the end of the film oh, and it's like that 30 minutes of like man. good yeah you know it's, wasn't it's that an freaky? exciting sequence i almost had to make sure that sequence. i wasn't in the carousel yeah you probably had to check your <laughs> where you were sitting yeah make sure there wasn't a horse underneath your legs between but your you know what it turned out i was because i was watching it on a laptop on a carousel and then um i think that like that sequence for instance where bruno <laughs> so, drops the lighter into the sewer what chris what's what? your thoughts on simulated reality i'm really hoping that it's true right now in this exact moment in time all right sean i'm not uh, sure yeah. what's taking your phone but this is your final warning how he picks up the lighter he keeps growing especially and... at the very last shot yeah. where like he all of a sudden just has cool. it completely in his hand fully and then pulls it back Dude. out but the entire sequence and how it shoots it and how he edits it of course I think that, like, in closing, what I like, what I like. The second chance to say what you wanted to say. You couldn't say it the second time. You have no more time. All right, Tyler. Oh, my God, Chris. You're <laughs> in closing, personally, I think this film might be the most solid and well-rounded film in Hitch's uh, canon. It's probably one of the most well-rounded films he's ever made. It's not a blockbuster like Psycho or North by Northwest or Rear Window, but it's well-executed and it's uh, remarkably well done. Everything you would want in a Hitchcock film. It's got thrills, a good villain, biting humor, and flawless tactical execution. You can't really ask for more. Is it his best film ever made? No, and I wouldn't say it is, but I think it's probably, it's, well, it's definitely within his top 10. Okay, you sound like a country song. Is he the best? Well, probably no. No. Still, I think is you going when it do 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 freaker? How you got that from what I was saying? I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea, Chris. All right. But you did. More hey, Frog Boy, get over here. You're fucking that? special. All right, uh, Tyler, yep. where do you stand with this movie? Uh, well, let me start with the good stuff, because we'll do that first. As we, uh, yeah. You know, as we have to soften it up before we... <laughs> we'll do over the blows. I do think Sean's right. Bruno, Bruno is definitely, like, top five Hitchcock villains. He's super fun in this movie. It's a great performance. He's the most fun part of this movie. God. You know what makes him so cool as like a villain is he plays the perfect villain 
because he's like the soft kind of like mama's boy, but he's yeah. like so devious. Want to hear one of my ideas for a perfect murder? You want to hear the busted light talking in the bathroom or the uh, carbon monoxide in the garage? Neither one. I, I may be old fashioned, but I thought murder was against the law. What is a life for two guys? Some people are better off dead. Like your wife and my father, for instance. Home. He's the best film we've done so far in this film. I don't know how you can argue that. No, like, he's, he's a combination of everything. Good. How? Okay, how? Who is better? You can't tell me Cloud Rage is better. He's not. Joseph Cotton's performance is better. They're very Rage. similar characters. Joseph Cotton's performance is better. Joseph Cotton is. And Joseph uh, Cotton had like a psychopath quality role. where it was like a flick of the switch where like someone would say something and he would be like, he would like grab, you know, whereas. Yeah. I agree. Uh, they kind of do that in *Strangers on a Train of Death*, but I don't. They're just think different characters. Make that argument for hey, Charlie. Charlie. Like, I mean, not. Oh, you can make it for Sebastian as well. Fucking frogs off this. No, no, I just mean According like, between Charlie and Uncle Charlie. You can only oh, make yeah, that yeah. argument. Oh uh, no, but Uncle Charlie. I'm not tanking the frog fuckfest. Sorry, guys. What was that? Yes performance in this movie but i think the way sebastian and the way uncle charlie relate to other characters in their respective films all right you know what okay we, we could talk about what are the things that you actually like and and okay so we, we won't dwell uh, so much on any one thing until i get through and okay the whole as al pacino murder. says in oceans 13 when i come at you i slice I love how like every week we build up to Chris just like just destroying something and then like it gets to him and it's just like a whimper. Yeah. <laughs> but okay. All right, Chris. This is one of like, I think one of Hitchcock's all this time in Frogland has made me uh, like murder scenes when you're talking about the death of Guy's wife. Everything from the build up following her through the tunnel of love, the glasses shot. Even like the way he's making his escape over the sort of voiceover work of them finding your body is... I love a few Hitchcockisms, and this has one that, I mean, it's undeniable, and that is characters getting involved in a plot that is beyond their control and it hurls them into a world of suspense. I love Hitchcock and Trains, okay? Strangers on a train. All right, Hitchcock and Trains are friggin' awesome, and I don't know why, but I have an idea, and I'll tell you what my idea is. It's because they're so confined, they're so narrow, Hitchcock is like, you know what? There's probably no more difficult spot on the planet to film a movie than on a train because you have your production, you have your people and it's confined and it's bumpy and- One more pleasant surprise. I was a what, little- What's that, uh, Tyler? I forgot she was in this. I was a little leery when I saw Hitchcock oh. cast his daughter. As, you know what? Like, somewhat key role. Not a fan. Do, she does a pretty good job. Really? Oh, really? <laughs> I'm not saying like nobody could have pulled that okay. part, but and I she does a good job. Talk, I was just like, let me ask this, uh, Tyler. Yes. <clears throat> Tell me which other films outside of Hitchcock was Patricia Hitchcock good in? In any uh, case, she's there for the comedic relief. She handles it well. I think that Hitch also cast her because he, well, I don't know which came first, the chicken or the egg, in terms of the casting process with Miriam and her. But if Miriam came first, then he would have cast her because she does resemble Miriam. And that was how he was gonna use the trope of the lighter and the glasses and the and the effects on Bruno at the party. Yeah, she did a good, I'm saying she did a good job. 
Yeah, she's all right. Yeah, I think she. I think she did do a good job for yeah. some reason. I. Uh, I can't feel the left side of my body. Let's make it your entire body by the end of this podcast. Do you smell right. burnt toast? I just gotta sit down. That's it. Why don't we have a break? Uh, bye. break. <sighs> can you do it? Can you do an ad read? <sighs> Are you well enough to do an ad read? Yeah. Um, Okay, one second. We are. Uh, Come on, Chris. We need money. Do an ad read. <clears throat> Those uh, people at Dylan's Mustard never paid us, by the way. I'm not surprised. The fancy fact, free mustard. Were, yeah, when you were doing the ad, if you recall, we questioned you at the at the time you were doing the ad about the money. All right. Uh, thank you for listening to Take Two Plus the only podcast on the internet currently hanging out with all the frogs here at Frogland uh, on the corner of Highway 401 and 8. Uh, I'm the Frogman and I want you to hop on over because uh, we uh, take two plus are live at Frogland and uh, there are thousands of frogs. There are a few animals eating the frogs but we got to talk to the frog guys who like they're just a couple kids not taking the job seriously. We're here. We're talking about Strange Do Not Train. Uh, and a big thank you to them. All right. If we're going to get into the uh, bad, uh, the third act of this movie, not so hot. This <laughs> has the worst Chris, ending in any Hitchcock movie, okay? Stay let's with me end now. This. Welcome back to uh, Take Two Plus the only podcast on the internet that has uh, taken way too long to figure out what they're talking about. If you have any kind words or maybe a few angry words for Sean, uh, don't hesitate to contact us at take two plus, no, sorry, take two, okay. Uh, Don't forget, um, if you are a fan and you're saying, you know what? I have a couple of nudes I want to send these guys. Take two podcast review at gmail.com. That's two, like the number. Numerical. Alpha numerical. Yeah. No, we're not getting back in. We're not getting to that again. Mm-hmm. That almost that almost broke this podcast apart, the alpha numerical bullshit. In episode one, yeah. Mm-mm. It's not episode one. No, I don't want to talk about it. Um, so, this episode's doing another ringer just like it. <laughs> all right. I was talking to Dr. Onassis earlier today, and uh, he is a fan of this film, but he just wanted to say that he agrees with me that unfortunately the carousel finale is one of the most anticlimactic Hitchcock sequences. I think we can all agree. Uh, no, we can't agree. <laughs> it's the worst third act in the history of movies, and uh, it is the worst movie <laughs> I've ever seen. That's why I'm giving it zero out of 100 stars. Oh, wow. Very yeah. fair and unbiased of you, Chris. It is, it is, though, very well shot. I do like, like this movie, but I'm interested. Sean, where do you uh, foresee this actually landing on our top nine? We talked about we should talk about things we don't like about the film before we get there, don't you think? I can never get anything right. Okay, sure. <laughs> whatever. 
And well, we haven't really done that yet, and I'm waiting for you guys to tell me what you don't. Can I do. ask? Can I ask a very like general question that I can get of out of my? Of course, head you can, Tyler. Thank you. So I never understood watching this film again. Why guy won't tell the police what he knows about Bruno? Yeah. Like he thinks it like he thing. tells them that they will suspect him of committing murder, but they already suspect him of committing murder. Hey man, what does he have to lose? This guy's after me. It's that he's already committed the murder and the guy has evidence, whether it's the glasses or the lighter or whatnot. Like, yeah, but guess has... what? He took it from me on the train. Weird. I, I feel like that is kind of like the most logical. You know how thing. many like and they don't explore that at all by just by pr- putting by a logic like that out of them. Yeah, exactly. Like a vast majority of Hitchcock plots, unfortunately. This movie would be over in thirty seven like, minutes. Machinations. You know, like if we really need to go back and look at it, I was what we've done. We could do it. That was my one big thing, and I didn't understand for his motivation. And a little bit later, going to the third act, I didn't understand why Guy wouldn't just throw the tennis match to finish it early. Like, why is he trying to win so bad? You don't he lose things in the 1950s, all right? You just want a war. You do not lose things, all right? It's a pretty clear mandate for film. But um, there's a lot but, of convenient things in this movie. Uh, and I'm glad that they're there because this is such a great it's looking It's to rack it up in tension, right? Like, he's got to win it so that it's an increased sequence of tension. I get like, that not only can he get it, like he, the tension, but it doesn't make sense if he wants to get it. But that's all really Hitchcock really. is. So if you guys start poking at those in this film, like, we're going to have to, like, I mean, you can go through every single Hitchcock film. I think that it's just... Yeah, uh, what can you possibly say to, to, to make that end on? Chris, you were... Like, redeem you go back and... Make, 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 change my mind. Change my mind. Be like to me and change it's not my mind. What I was trying to do when I you when you're interrupting right, me, just my, right. my conversation. Okay, okay. But so basically, what the ending was is that it was being. We're constantly... here at Frogland, uh, the corner of four. I'm not okay. doing another forty minutes, Chris. So we're gonna get this done. Okay, 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 okay. Go, 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 go. <laughs> okay. So I think that the ending was, and I don't think, I know that the ending was being rewritten while they were filming the film. So that's why the ending does kind of stand out a little bit. Having said that, I think what they ended up with is a sequence of a lot of suspense and tension that he shot remarkably well, and it's exciting. Do I think that a carousel is the most exciting place you could possibly end a thriller? Absolutely not, of course not. Do I, I think, think the that closest thing for Mount Rushmore, personally. Well, okay, let me let me ask you guys a question based on our our films we've watched so far. You got to choose one terrible thing to happen to you, but you get to pick the one thing it is. Do you want to have your plane crash in the middle of an ocean, be kicked off a moving train in front of another moving train, be slowly poisoned, be strangled to death, or fall off a carousel? Hitchcock has said that that sequence that where the little guy goes underneath the carousel yeah. to turn it off it was the most terrifying sequence he's ever filmed personally because he was so worried about the guy's like, like safety because they actually shot. shot that practically. Yeah. Like the thing was going and he crawled under it and if he had just lifted his head a bit, he would have been dead. Like it would have decapitated him. You would have been amazing if it was like awesome <laughs> and then we would all care. I guess that explains why, like, the guy saving the day of the carousel is just literally some random dude in the crowd and nobody who we've introduced in the film prior. And you know what's a shame, too, is there were cooler rides than that. Like, yeah, put them, like a roller coaster or something like that. that. That would have been, like, so much more interesting. A carousel? Really? Strange it's on It's more train. of, like, probably, like, get it back on a train or something. Or something. And I don't know. Practically, they probably also couldn't really afford to and or practically shoot on a roller coaster. So that's probably why. And that's our fault. That's the audience. (laughs) 
whatever it was the 1950s. Thank you, everybody, for staying tuned. We looked at the good, the bad, and the ugly of the movies. And uh, Sean, where do you place Strangers? On a train. Personally, I would have this film at the top of the list. I think that it is, uh, if you take a look at it in the films we've watched overall, I would say that the the acting overall notorious is better and that film looks nicer, but the story yeah. villain and, and suspense and strangers are all superior. All right, in my so, so what would be, what would be with uh, considering strangers on a train? What is the order for you right now? The order for me is strangers on a train and then the rest of the way we have it. Notorious shadows of a doubt, foreign correspondent somehow over rope, which I still think is the greatest blasphemy of all time. Tyler. No, Chris, uh, why don't you go next? Where do you put it? No, I, uh, I, I want to hear what Tyler has Tyler's going to be the more reasonable middle ground that I think you're going to be a <laughs> fucking moron and be stupid. So no. why don't you go first and do it? Tyler, uh, so we, we, Sean, he's a firm believer at Strangers on a Train. Uh, I myself like it quite a bit. Where do you stand with it? Where do you <laughs> yeah. have it on the top nine? Uh, it's tough. All right. So I'm not even going to talk about Notorious because for me, Notorious is his head and shoulders above this film. But I, think I would agree. Very similar... And I didn't even realize how similar it is to Shadow of a Doubt till watching them both so closely. Like they both spend kind of equal amount of time with the villain and the hero. Both have cops that shadow the main characters for the whole film. Both involve protagonists trying to take on the villain themselves without Young involving women. the police. Both involve discussions of the perfect murder and have killers that are driven by compulsions seemingly out of their control. Now this is actually uh, based on a book though, isn't it? It is based on a book, yeah, by Patricia Highsmith. Um, yeah, so uh, like, was Shadow of a Doubt like actually based on a book as well? So these are just coincidences, or is this kind of um, I mean they, Hitchcock adapting it from the book to kind of mix mm, with? Yeah, Shadow. I mean this is a classic like Hitchcock thing of not trusting the cops and people sort of yeah. trying to work their own way out of a situation. Um, Let's let Tyler yeah. finish up what he was saying. I don't know. We, both these yeah, I like Strangers on a Train. It was very close between this and Shadow of a Doubt for me, but I think there's just a few things in why guy doesn't tell the police and why he tries to take on Bruno by himself and the carousel climax is just while it's shot beautifully it's not that threatening to me I saw I thought it was worse than Shadow so I don't know I like this film but it goes in number three below Shadow of a Doubt for me just just below though so for you it's Notorious Shadow of a Doubt Strangers on a Train, train, on a train. Foreign Correspondent. There's two films, funny how that works, right? Interesting. Funny. Yeah, it's almost like I chose the films that I thought mm-hmm. were the it's, But you know what, though? Here, yeah, here's the yeah, thing. That's, that's almost all it is, yeah. yeah that's okay. It. I mean, this is kind of a game, guys. So, like, we have to use our wit and our intelligence to... Um, when are you going to start doing that, Chris? Right now, Sean. Does anyone ask me where I put... Or, hey, hey, Chris. Oh, hey, Chris. Uh, <laughs> where are you going to put... Uh, Chris. Oh, I don't know, Chris. Thanks for asking me, Chris. Oh, by the way, Chris, Chris did you realize there's two other people on your freaking podcast? That fucking Chris, oh, now I've, been, I've been dying to know. The second now he's pissed. Yeah, yeah. Okay. The second that I watched Strangers on the Train, I said I cannot wait to see where Chris puts this film on his ranking. So please, and you know what? Thank and you, Tyler. Tyler. Respect. See that, Sean? Respect. I got no respect around here. <laughs> Back to Vinnie Boom Butts. Okay. Oh, Rodney. All right. So, Rodney. And how are we gonna figure this out? All right. Where are you putting it, Rodney? Okay. Strangers on a Train's always been a- okay. Strangers on a Train. <laughs> great movie. Undeniably, undeniably great movie. Are you having a stroke? 
despite everything you said on this podcast previously. First place, foreign correspondent. <laughs> That's not how Second it works. Second place. <laughs> What's that? It's not how it works, Chris. All right. Foreign correspondent is number four, right? Three right now. Three currently. Foreign correspondence number three. Somehow you convinced Chris or Tyler to agree to that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yes. I would put this one higher than rope, but one lower than foreign correspondent. Uh, I would put this uh, as a solid four. And I think that if we look at Hitchcock movies and we see Strangers Edge on the train as number four, that is nothing to sneeze at. Sean. Get out of here, Chris. It's not going below foreign correspondent. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, no hey. Chance. It's not going below foreign I'm correspondent. I'm not sure how this is. Tyler, how's this going to well, work? Well, so we're doing it based on average. So, I, Chris, Sean, you're saying one. Yeah. I'm saying three. Chris, you're saying it should go in four, right? Yeah. So that well, that would be divided by three. So 2.6 rounded up. It goes into third spot. Oh. Meaning All it's right. the so foreign correspondent's four. All Number right. one, notorious. Two, shadow of a doubt. Three, strangers on a train. Four, corn. Foreign correspondent. Five, rope. Fucking math. Got you again, huh, Chris? That's a shame, isn't it? You feel bad inside? I feel dead inside. I hope we all got something out of this podcast. Uh, I'm still happy. That <laughs> yeah, was fine. He's Tyler's got on top of the world, just watching right the world now. burn. Literally. <laughs> Tyler's just pulling these strings. You know, he just got. All this was a total tragedy. I'm so sorry for everyone listening. Uh, Sean, you somehow got we... Chris and I cannibalizing each other. I don't know. No, 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 no. This is goddamn personal. I think you know what? It's it's like Monopoly. It's strangely personal. Yeah. It's like what the <laughs> fuck is wrong with you yeah. in the triple freaking hotel bullshit? <laughs> I think Sean's one like bad film placement away from just flipping the board and refusing to ever play again. Yeah, I actually <laughs> I talk to uh, Sean's parents every time right before we do this podcast just to keep you know them aware of what's going on and uh, yeah, so far uh, everyone's no good. Accidents. I actually got a phone yeah. call from my mother letting me know she listened to the Rope podcast thanks to Facebook promotion. You know what? My serious? mom actually. Uh, Got to a very early part in last week's episode and had to turn it off. So yeah, I bet uh, you did. I think that's which part that is. We discussed that, and uh, you know what? I'm just going to take it down a little notch because it's a family show. It's a family show. Now and, uh, I shouldn't be using words like cocksucker or uh, new at least show. not two minutes into what the are podcast. we? Uh, what are we talking about next week? We are talking about Tyler. No, it's Chris's first round pick. Rear, Rear window. window. Yeah, that's a good one. All right, so I'm just going to go out on a whim and say numero uno. Not anymore, my friend. <laughs> Not anymore. You think it's worth... Okay, Sean. You think Rear Window's better or worse than Notorious? Somehow you think Strangers on a Train is worse than Foreign Correspondence, so I don't know what to tell you, Chris. I, I think Foreign Correspondence like top four Hitchcock. Yeah, you're crazy and out of your mind. And you know what? <laughs> now it is top four. So I still win, Sean. And you, uh, you're just yeah, a squat yeah. monster like Joe Biden. Mm-hmm.